Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath, Spring Meadows. Happy Sabbath, Spring Meadows. It's good to be with you all this morning. You like my Jordans? They were actually given to me by my pastoral friends during my ordination uh, joy. And they said, you better put them on one day. And I said, how about today? And it fits. Thank you, Valerie. Because Jesus also hopes that perhaps the beautiful feet are able to proclaim his word in some way. This morning, before I pray, um, I would like to give you a heads up. Uh, This week, um, Shanti got the common little hands, feet, and mouth disease. Maybe parents are known a little bit. But she had it for two days. But guess who got it the worst? Papa did. So afterwards, I'm good to go, just letting you know. I'm fine to go, but just a hint, signal of precaution, I will be wearing gloves afterwards, okay, so that we could take pictures afterwards. Is that okay? All right, please stay and have some lunch with us afterwards. Shall we pray? Thank you so much, Father. We ask you in a special way that you bless us in a significant and powerful way. Thank you for your word in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I want to say thank you to the Spring Meadows Church for uh, letting us come to you to minister amongst you. Anisha and I and Shanti have one conviction. God brought us to Spring Meadows. So the bad question would be who decided, who didn't decide. God brought us here. We were here because God brought us here. So that means that Our walk is never away from God's choosing, and we thank God that whenever God chooses things, there's always a blessing. What do you say? Secondly, I also want to thank the Spring Meadows leadership team that's been here. Thank you so much for bearing with us, as well as supporting and encouraging us to do the work of God. So we thank you as a whole. We also want to thank in advance also families, individuals who have truly brought us to their hearts and allowed us and exposed us to what they've really loved and cherished in their own lives here in Central Florida. Thank you so much for introducing us to the Floridian way of life, which basically means the joy of never having multiple seasons. You get to enjoy just one as a whole and the mixture of bag that it brings to you. But also, thank you so much for just really accepting and embracing us into your homes in different ways. And lastly, of course, but not all, I do want to give a word to specific people in my life who I love. Because I see you first, Pastor Alex, I want to give you a little heads up. I think Pastor Alex Harder is one of the best pastors I have ever worked with. And, and... No, I won't embarrass you, but you and Chris play a a special part. Um, You are one of the most significant pastors our generation has seen. Why do I say that? Because I'm exposed to a lot of people who, you know, want to get into ministry or want to get out of ministry. And when I see you, it's that type of old-time pastor. Old type of pastor works their butt off, in a sense, for the Lord. You are a blessing. Keep it up, because I think the Lord himself will be proud as you continue to make him, I think, 
Chris, you're a blessed man. Where are you, Chris? Wherever you may be. Nico and Gisela, we love you guys. You know, keep at it. When things get tough, keep at it. The Lord is with you. He will never leave you. Pastor Brian, where are you? There's only one Pastor Brian. How do you know that? Well, because of his hair. <laughs> There's only one Pastor Brian. Pastor Brian, uh, Spring Meadows, you have a gift in Pastor Brian. You are blessed to have him as your senior pastor. One of the things that I envy of Pastor Brian is his capacity for patience. There's nothing like a minister who has a tank full of patience. A tank full of patience. And a dosage of a tank of patience. A pastor who has patience for this time is a pastor for this time. I envy that. Secondly, you're so steady. You, 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 you don't go here, you don't go there. You're steady. I may not like it, but you're steady. You're steady. That means there's a consistency about it, right? I appreciate that. It's nothing like a minister who just keeps it there, right? And thirdly, did you guys know that Pastor Brian is a family man? A pastor who is a family guy for this time is a church who has a man of God. Thank you so much for exemplifying that. I know Brandon, and of course, mi primita, my cousin, right, who's back there looking at me like, what's going on? You guys are a gift. You're a gift to me and Anisha in ways that you couldn't imagine either. And where's Chandler? Chandler, everybody look this way. <laughs> Chandler, you are young, you're bright, and you have potential. You're going to be awesome. You know, a lot of people might think you're the, you know, the young one, but you're very wise. And I've always told you how proud I am of seeing how much you've grown this year. Guys, take care of Pastor Chandler. You have a great one among you. And, and, and I've told you this over and over again. If you're called by the Lord, don't let anybody take that away from you. All right? Sabrina. Beautiful Sabrina. But not beautiful as what people perceive as what we've seen. We've seen the small cards that we've received from you for Anisha and I in moments where we've needed it the most, especially when you're quoting from Romans. Thank you so much. Um, your ministry together has potential to do great things in your generation in ways that we could never, ever touch. So to my team, my family, my brothers, my sister, thank you guys so much for your love we just wanted to publicly let you know that Anisha and I are blessed through your ministries. So, to more important things. Let's get into the Bible. And let's go to the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we find something distinguishing that I think that today's word will reveal to us in significant ways. Acts 11. Now, 
one of the things that you will get into in the following weeks are a thing called encounters. In the Bible, we always have encounters, and those encounters are either between God and man, man and man, or something like an object and man, but there's an encounter. There's something that there's this this touch that occurs between either two objects or two subjects or two separate forms of events that occur within a similar moment. One of the things that you're going to encounter here is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is always, always, are you with me? Always an encounter. Whenever the gospel is not an encounter, it isn't really the gospel. It's just coincidence. When you find that the gospel comes about in our lives in a significant way is that it's always there to change something about that moment. God is not here to pity pat us about how religious we really are. God, when he encounters us, there's an encounter because there's a reaction from the encounter. There's something stark, contrastive or similar, but at least that there's something stark that changes. One of the most significant things that you will see about people and their encounter with the gospel is that whenever they encounter the gospel, Jesus Christ himself, they never go back home, they never go back to their jobs, they never go back from an event, they never go back to a relationship the same way. In other words, the gospel is an interruption. What did I say? The gospel is an interruption. The gospel is an interruption to everything we thought we knew about God. So the gospel will never commodify. It will never make it as simple as making it smooth for us to understand just how simply God works. The problem when the gospel becomes uninterrupted the world remains the same way. And that is why sometimes you have people who say, how come nothing ever changes? Because you've never been preaching the gospel. The moment you get back to the gospel, you start realizing that change starts occurring in a different way. And this is what was happening in the early church quite early. But then things start cramming up on them in different ways that tries to deter them from interruption. So Acts 11 says something like this, verse 1. Now, the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Verse 2 goes like this. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party, what did they do? What did they do? They went up to Jerusalem, and what happened? The circumcision party, they criticized the guy, saying what? You went to the uncircumcised men, and what did you do? You ate with them. Now, this is what's silly about kind of the, the, the comedic components of what you find in the early church, right? Take them as comedy little clips of the early church. Here comes Peter telling them about what he had just experienced amongst the Gentiles. And the first things that come up is, well, that's not right. You ate with the wrong people. That, that's not how we do things here. 
We've never done that here before. This is not our practice. We have policies. So what happens is that the gospel enables a person to witness what their eyes have seen so that no policy could ever negate what they have seen with their own eyes. Because the gospel supersedes any form of policy that you will ever see on earth. The gospel itself will always interrupt our preconceived notions of what God is able to do in the world. But criticism is always easy when you've never witnessed God's work. But Peter began and explained it to them. I was in the city of Joppa, and I was praying. And an entrance, I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its corners, and it came down to me. It came down to me. And looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey. I saw reptiles, birds of the air. I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I, I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, what God has made claim, do not call common. And this happened, what, three times and was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with him, doing what? Not making any distinction. Lord, have mercy upon the day that we ever Tell the Lord who you can and cannot eat with. And if the Lord has the vision of having the capacity for us as creatures to eat with people, all people, and that's a gift and not a plague. If we have preconceived ideas of communities, tribes, countries, that's our problem. But if God would ever to invite you to perhaps a preconceived idea of what a people should be, that ought to terrify us because it is God's capability of seeing the vision that you and I perhaps aren't able to see. And it continues. These six brothers also accompanied me. We entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by you, which you will be saved, you and your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just on us like in the beginning. Do you remember that chapter 11 always has a preceding chapter? Obviously. But if you notice that in chapter 10 in the book of Acts, has something quite intriguing that I always love to jot down a little bit. Verse 1 does not begin, does not begin with Peter. It begins with Cornelius. 
Verse 1, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to, <laughs> to the people, and prayed continu continually to God. What was God doing in Italy if everything was being focused in Jerusalem? How did it get to Italy? See, this is what's exciting about the God that we serve. God, God, are you with me? God is not limited to one place. And number two, God is not limited to your place. And God, in order to make you do what you need to do, he calls someone else to make you do what you ought to do. God does not need to come to you first to get your attention. God is not limited to your ways of life to get to you. God is actively involved outside of your corner so that we could get back to what we were called to do. See, sometimes God is ahead of us in ways we have never imagined, Pastor Alex. God is before me in the most literal way. He's doing what he intends to do even beyond me. So in order to get me involved in his work, he does work outside of my life, outside of my family, outside of my church life, outside of my community, outside of my customs, outside of my traditions, outside of my denomination, in order for me to participate in the work of God. Let us never, ever get to the point to think we are the only ones God is in, interested in. Whatever happens to the gospel that stays in a place and becomes an institution becomes problematic. Because now an institution starts kind of setting up ideas about how God works. And yet, although it's fine... God is not limited to some system. God cannot be captured. God cannot be caught. You can't catch the Holy Spirit. Try it. Let's, let's try to catch the Holy Spirit. Anybody try? Yeah? Let's try to catch him. You can't. It's not how it goes. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who is the true superintendent of the work of God on earth. And wherever the Holy Spirit directs his people, there we are invited to participate. In other words, regardless of whatever nice ideas we have of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't make sense unless it's activated when the Spirit moves. So Peter, having seen this, he becomes a participant. You notice, this is, this is what's amazing about Peter and this situation with Cornelius. Cornelius now becomes an apostle indirectly while Peter has experienced the life of Jesus. Because when the Holy Spirit is in the work of the church, no one has priority. Those who you thought were the greatest of Christians 
now become the experiences similar to the ones who just came in. There's no longer this, the first apostle, the first bishop, the first obispos, the first elder, the first pastor. Well, he's been with us for 40 years because when the Holy Spirit comes, your experience with God is now just as the same or similar to someone who just came in to the church. Because those at the table of Jesus are there because God has invited them. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That 35 years of pastoral work being working in me, that in my work, whenever I see someone coming through the door who's hungry for the Lord, it says, I want to accept the Lord, that as soon as I accept them, that they, though the first time they encounter Christ, and me years of experience seeing them one time, we are at the same level of knowing God. But we like to play preferential games. Putting God, the Spirit, in a box. And I kind of like, don't like that, Pastor Alex, too much of this box imagery. That doesn't work. It's more so about God being too little. As though God doesn't have eyes or intentionality or purpose or motivating factors to make sure that the mission is done. So, the story continues in chapter 11. And I remembered in verse 16, I remembered the word of the Lord how he said, John baptized with water, but you would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the gift to them as he gave to us when we believed them. See, Pastor Alex isn't crazy. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they all fell silence. It's a good place to be at when the church is silent. If I say amen, please don't say it. Just, just think about how grateful we are that Jesus called you. Just, he called you. You. Of all the people, he called you. Why now? Thank you, Lord. And if somebody new comes into the church, that silence should provoke all. When one comes to the Lord. So if someone comes through, we want to know the Lord. Thank 
God, they're here. Never let it get to the point that just because the Lord called you, you're somehow more important than the one who hasn't gotten there yet. Because the kingdom of God is about the Spirit's power to draw all men to Jesus Christ. One of the most mysterious things that we find about the Spirit in the New Testament is with the Spirit's creative aspects, especially in the book of Acts, whenever the Spirit shows up, the church is birthed. In the Gospel of Luke, whenever the Spirit is present, Jesus is birthed in the womb of a woman, right? Whenever the Spirit is around, people come together. Whenever the Spirit is around, people are to provoke how they actually use their finances. Whenever the Spirit is around in the book of Acts, it speaks to empire. Whenever the Spirit is around, people are baptized. Whenever the Spirit is around, the church gathers so that it becomes one. Whenever the Spirit is around, there is maturity. Whenever the Spirit is around, people are praying. So, the question would be, why would not the Spirit kind of try to usurp power within God's self? It's just that whenever the Spirit is empowering people around it, sprinkling the earth with its power, it is all doing it in the name of the Lord. And people are drawn to it. But the text doesn't stop there. Verse 18, when they heard these things, they fell silent. They glorified God, saying, then to the Gentiles also, God granted repentance that leads to life. And let me highlight two verses, and then we'll call it as it is. And I'll tell you something that, you know, I appreciate some of you guys highlighting for me this past week. Verse 1 of chapter 12. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter during the days of unleavened bread. Think about that verse and then move into chapter 15. Look at verse 1. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of who? Moses, you cannot be what? Saved. Two problems that would try to interrupt the kingdom of God in the book of Acts within the church. Number one, the church started being persecuted because conversion wasn't like how we think of conversion today. Conversion for us today means Either it's a switcheroo of a denomination or a switcheroo of teachings or a switcheroo of just what we think about where I used to be and now where I want to be. Conversion for us is the change aspect, almost like a transformer type of thing. This is what I was. This is what I'm going. In the early church, this is not conversion. Um, conversion meant something quite different. It actually said, well, these are the gods we actually worship. Everybody else worships this God, and I will no longer use this object to worship. 
so I'm just going to be a Christian, right? So the very fact that the culture in which they lived in had plenty of objects to worship, you're no longer having objects of worship. That was conversion. You no longer had objects of worship. Now you were directing worship to the living being, right? So this was controversial. So it was a political thing. What did I say? Why was it political? Because it was economic. Are you with me? Whenever you went to worship the objects, you actually paid. Are you with me? You paid for the objects of where those objects were, and they were usually at the center of the public square. They were in the agora. That's why in the book of Acts, in chapter 17, people are frustrated at these guys as they were saying, no, 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 stop flipping the world around. Stop, stop what you're doing. Because they were cutting to the core of the financial objectification of God. So you're cutting the economic religiosity of worship, and now you were making people worship God freely. So you were cutting to the core of the makeup of the market. And the gospel was hitting right at that conversion part of it. That conversion was not just this, that it was actually freely worshiping the living God who had revealed himself in Jesus Christ. So they killed a brother, number one. Number two, the attack comes from within. Well, I know you guys are doing really good things, guys. Thank you for your church growth. We appreciate it. But that's not what we do here. We have to be careful with all these new people coming in. Let them know that we don't wear Jordans here. That's not what we do here. Let them know. Well, I'm exaggerating. That's why you're laughing. But it was part of their custom. Notice what they bring up to the church. That's not what the law of Moses says. And there's two texts that are kind of verifying this in Deuteronomy and Leviticus too. This is not how you do You're supposed to be circumcised to be part of the people of God. And guess what? They had their council, chapter 15. The end of it, the result of it, is a happy and joyful experience of what God had seen. The thing is, what are we trying to get at this morning? There are two things that kind of encapsulates what I'm getting to. If this is to be my last sermon of 2021 at Spring Meadows Church. Number one, if you ever wrote the numbers that I gave you, Let's continue praying that it is the Holy Spirit that is leading Spring Meadows. Number one. You guys got that? Pray that it is the Spirit that is leading the church. 
Pastor Alex, thank you. Number two. Have joy when God acts differently. Can we, can we put that down, Alex? Yeah? Have joy when God acts differently. Number three, don't be afraid of interruption. Every time we see that the gospel or the encounter between people, it's not there to hurt anybody. It's not there to tell you, oh, you're offending me because you're saying the way we live wasn't right and so forth, that you're, you're, you're making me look bad and I feel a certain way because you said something about what we've been doing. No, 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 no. It's to enhance what God has been doing. Because God is never finished whenever His Spirit is around. Don't be surprised with interruptions. Notice, notice, and and here I'm speaking to you from my heart. When I got to Spring Meadows, I got here to an empty building. Empty building. We were hurt. Not because you guys weren't here. We were hurt because we were never able to tell you how much it hurt us to leave our congregation because God's interruption in our life was to move forward. God was sending us to Spring Meadows. But but God, we, we like our life right here. We're doing just good. And many may have interpreted it as though we never wanted to be here. But the fact is that when the Spirit came to our lives, it was sending us to a place where the Spirit needed to dominate in our lives. And guess what ended up happening? We arrived. We arrived. We came. And we were here because the Spirit told us to come here. And here we are. And within a year, we're moving again. Because the Spirit isn't finished with us. You see, that's how it goes. There's, I can't stress this enough. The moment, the moment where our lives starts settling in, like as though God is no longer moving, that's when faith starts to die. And you get unsatisfied, discontent, and you get angry. Why didn't we do that? Why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we do And we start blaming everybody around us because our lives are diminished with the Spirit. The Spirit is no longer working in ways that it used to because we settled We settled in ways we didn't anticipate. The Spirit is not ever finished. And I'm sure that it's working in our homes in ways we couldn't imagine. I can assure you, that is why your heart 
is pumping the way it is at this moment. Some of you are this close to thinking of never going back to church, never going back to some religious form of life. Yes, because you're unsatisfied with the altar of idols, stuff that you're just giving a fare to so that it can make you feel happy. And rather, the Spirit is making you trying to worship the living God. And to follow the living God is an interruption. I'm not asking you to move with me. But you know what movement of the Spirit looks like for you. You're just wanting validation from someone else. But God is asking you to continue growing in the work in which He is already doing in the world. So let's catch up. Let's catch up. Number four, whenever the Spirit is in town, He's always present. You should always expect a reaction. That reaction is not dependent on, oh, how it is that you react to it. You should know that Spring Meadows, and I'm going to tell you this one thing, Spring Meadows is a jewel in the South. You are a beautiful people. You are composed in variety. One of my questions was, how mixed is Spring Meadows? Is there diversity? Oh, yeah, we're very diverse, Pastor. No, that's not what I mean. How diverse are you? Your people's. Your tribes, your valleys, your representation, your age groups. What's the makeup? Spring Meadows, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, don't ever be afraid of what you are. Use it because this is a gift of God. You're mixed. Thank God. So you work from there. Learn to embrace it. Good preacher, bad preacher. Good member, bad member. Praise God. Good Bible teacher, bad Bible teacher. Thank God. Active, non-active. Thank God. The more we press together, the more the Lord has this momentum to keep it moving in a direction that will get His mission done. Because at the end of the day, it's about God's work in the world. I, like you, can't wait for Jesus to come back. But as strong as I often hear about Jesus' return... I don't hear as loud sometimes in different circles when you say, yes, to Jesus is coming, but what about God's activity today? 
What about today? What about today? This morning, I'm done with the text. Let me get you going to what I'm going to share with you that I think I've shared with the youth group earlier on. Early in the 90s, I saw my mom get baptized, and it was quite awesome. And so much like every child sees his mom is able to go after and say, Mom, I want to go in there, right? And, you know, that was the type of church, the baptistry was where you guys are getting praise God, right? Because not only is this going to inspire adults, it's going to inspire our children, right? And part of that, you're going to see this is an amazing piece. And so I was the kid that was right here who, who the elder just had to walk me up, you know, because the higher the steps, the holier it is, right? And so, guys, you know my humor, right? So they're coming up, they bring me up, and I see my mom going down the water, and she comes up, she's crying, and I see her and I say, Mom, I want to do just what you did. How do I do it? Where do I get it? She's like, you have to be 10. You know, that's the typical Adventist lingo, right? So, all right, so I'm getting ready, ready to go. And uh, I come up to it, say, all right, whatever. So I keep on bugging. When, I, when am I getting baptized? When am I? Finally, I arrive at 10. We're no longer at the local church. The local church had invited area churches to do a big caravan of evangelism. And they had invited me to participate in something. Mom says, what do you think of getting baptized at the, at the convention? And so I said, yeah, let's get it going. So we got prepped, we got ready, and guess what happened? Guess what happened? I go and I change, put on my white robe. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, man, this is pretty exciting. We're going to the pool. Going to get baptized finally. My, my closest friends, you know, they're also getting baptized. I'm ready to go. So everyone leaves the room because mom was getting some other things ready. When she comes back, she finds me on the bed. She's like, Papo, what's wrong? I said, Mom, I don't feel good. My temperature had gone all the way up. High fever. High fever. Really bad. Drastic. Almost supernatural, if you like. And... She gets the pastor, she gets the elders, and they ask the pastor, what do you think? What should we do? The pastor that was there, he says, hermana, sister, we'll throw him in the pool. <laughs> and, uh, and my mom was like, no, no, that, he, might, you know, he might get sick after you pull him up, you know, enfriado, he might get a cold as soon as he comes up. And she's like, no, 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 we have to leave this up to God. So, here come the deacons, the best ones, obviously, carried me all the way to the pool at the center of the convention center where many people were being baptized, right? And uh, the pastor suddenly says, you know what? Everybody clear the pool going in. We're going to ask everybody to pray. You bring him down. You know, he got in, pulled me in, dumped me down, came back up. I was clean, no fever. Ready to go.
just before this week, there's many things I, I needed to do and uh, get done, get advanced in certain ways to address our move, transition, my team, the whole church. And then Shanti comes up with this disease. Cool, right? Two days, no problem. Next thing, I'm having fevers, looking like, you know, I said to somebody, Jack from the Titanic, he was just shivering and everything, just, you know, kind of exhausted, didn't know where I was going, really bad chills. It was weird. Well, bedridden kind of the whole week, and uh, should we change up the date for Pastor B to change and, you know, whatever? And here we are, you know, with Jordans on. What am I trying to tell you? In my life, whenever there's an interruption, whenever there's an interruption, never see it as a sign of negativity if it is for God. And I don't know how else to tell you this, Spring Meadows. Whenever there's an interruption amongst you, never take it as a negativity. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. So, there is nothing that could take it down. There is nothing to fear moving forward. There is nothing the Lord won't do through the church. But there is one part that includes us in the midst of it. When God starts to move, we have to get on it. And it won't be fire from heaven. God's move is not that. What does it prove that fire can come and burn up things that we don't like? That would make no sense at all. But surely, pay attention. When things are brewing, get on with it because the Spirit will use it to move you, you, me. Let me get on it. I had a sister that came last week and said, Pastor B, something's happening in my life. This is what's happening. Tell me what's going on. What do you mean? Well, I'm seeing that the Lord is wanting me to do something. There you go. You're doing the right thing. Let me pray for you. Let me direct you in these little things real quick just so that you can engage. Guys, everything around us today supposed to be advertised to us so that we could get engaged with it so that how come you didn't do the video how come you didn't do this you didn't put it here i wasn't there guys the simplicity is wherever the spirit is working get engaged with it move with it shake it with it make movement dance with the spirits move my dance is a metaphor enjoy it enjoy it Because when you move with the Spirit, you will be blessed. Your family will be blessed. Your neighbors will be blessed. Your friends will be blessed. Your marriage will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your church will be blessed. 
Sanford, Florida will be blessed. This morning, that's it from me. I'm going to miss you guys. But one of the things that perhaps I hope that has to do with you or me, get going where the Spirit is going. Allow interruption. Embrace it. Because the Spirit will move. Can we pray? Father, thank you so much for the interruptions. We thank you so much for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are your children. And we anticipate that we will have even more people that will get to know who you are. Give us the joy that when we first experienced you, create in us the ability to allow you to broaden our spheres to reach our community and to grow in you. Humble us. Make our ears bigger. Make our smiles a little smaller. Enlarge our hearts. Increase our steps. Just broaden our prayers. I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.
at this time, I'd like to call Alex and Anisha and Shanti to the front, as well as our pastoral team. Uh, I'd like to call also Mike Fogg, if he could come join us if you're here as our head elder. And we also have Alex Schusler from the Florida Conference. He is our field associate. We thank you so much for being here with us to honor Pastor Barrientos. Alex and Anisha, this is a day we've not been looking forward to, <laughs> but we've recognized that it was going to come, since you've made the announcement, of course. But as I've been thinking through uh, just leading up to today, I'm going to share just something with you, and you touched on this today, but it reminded me of something in the call of Isaiah. I just want to share just for just a moment. When Isaiah was called in Isaiah chapter 6, God asks a specific question. He says, whom shall I send? And it's collectively the Godhead saying, who will go for us? And then I said, Isaiah responds, here am I, send me. When we think about the ministry of the gospel, when we think about God's calling in your life, and Anisha, your life, and Shanti now in your life as part of this family, we are called because the Holy Spirit, as you have already said, calls us. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. We're all called to be disciples of Jesus, to answer the call of salvation. But the reason so few are chosen is because so few answer the call. We don't choose to be chosen. But you've chosen to be chosen as a family, to walk with Jesus, and specifically in the context now of this personal call, which is the gospel ministry. The word apostle means those who are sent, and so I'm reminded that you're called to the gospel ministry as a pastor, as an apostle, as an evangelist. You've been called and sent, and we praise God that through the Spirit, you've been called and sent here for this past year. We've been richly blessed, and now he's calling and sending you through the Holy Spirit to Sligo, and they will be blessed because God is in the call. The Spirit moves, the Spirit leads. The Spirit, as you shared, interacts with every aspect of the call. He's been working for those who are extending the call. He's been working in and through the lives of people. He's been working through circumstances. He's been working through the fact that you've been here for a year, but then his timing for your life and family. And now he's extending that call and that movement of the Holy Spirit to there, and he's interacted in your lives in accepting that call through the Spirit's leading, step by step. And we accept that. We might not like it, but we accept it, and we receive it because we love you guys. And so as you're leaving us, we're leaving, we're left with heavy hearts, but also with joy in the fact that God is leading. The Spirit is moving, and he's going to use you amazingly. As he used you here, he will use you as a family at Sligo in Maryland. And we're proud of you. We're proud that God has called you. We're proud that we've had you here for this year. And I just want to share a couple of things that we appreciate. I appreciate. Something that I know we've been blessed by as a church is just the depth and the, the Christ-centeredness of your preaching and your teaching. Amen? We have been richly blessed. I have grown. We have grown in our walk with Jesus because you've been here with us. And we praise God for that. We praise God for your intentionality with mission and discipleship 
and outreach in our community. There's so many things that you've intentionally done. Your organization of our church ministries, you've stepped into different roles, and you've been an immense blessing, more than you'll ever know. And what you've started, I believe God will continue. But you've planted the seeds, you've, you've formed a foundation that the Holy Spirit has endeavored and has preordained that it be laid by you here. And we are richly blessed. On a pastoral staff level, we have been blessed to have you as part of our team. And that's probably an understatement. Not just this team, but we're family. And we praise God for that. And on a personal level, I praise God that you're not just a brother in Christ, but this year we become true brothers as friends. And I'll always remember and cherish that and continue that. And we and I praise God for that opportunity. We love you. Anisha, we praise God for you here as well. You've been so supportive, so loving, so kind to us as pastors, to our church family. We love you, and we thank you that you've been also in part of this call, the interaction with the Holy Spirit. You've also answered the call as a family, and we know that's a collective response. And so we praise God for you as well, and we praise God that you've shared Shanti with us in these first couple years of her life that, that we got to enjoy and to see her grow. But also in Shanti, I'll say this, God has many things in store for you. God has blessings for you at Sligo and beyond as God is going to lead through his spirit in your life. And we praise God that you've been here with us. You're part of our family now officially too. And we love you. So that being said, there's much more we could. We would like to present you with a couple of mementos of our love and appreciation for you here with us this year. And just small tokens because they, they don't really measure to the, the grace and the love that we have felt through you and your family. But we have some flowers for Anisha from our church family. And we also have a special gift for you, Alex. Anisha will hold it. We, we've, uh, we've actually gotten you a special, because this is really who you are to us, and, and just one aspect is, is a special prayer journal and a special pen. <laughs> because... Because we know as you're walking with Jesus, that's one aspect of that walk. And we want you to remember us in that walk with Jesus. So we praise God for you and that continued walk and that journey with him. And I'll let the conference now speak through Alex Schusler to share a few words as well. And then we're going to have prayer with you. Well, my friend, um, you know, unfortunately, we've only had the opportunity to speak one time at a district meeting but I learned so much about you today through your preaching, through your Jordans, <laughs> through the heart that you have and the love that you have for this congregation. I've, I've had multiple people come up and tell me how much they miss you. Um, we're always sad to see somebody go, but the other side of it is to see your heart and your willingness to follow the call of God as a family wherever it may take you, on behalf of the Florida Conference. Um, more flowers. <clears throat> it's like the Kentucky Derby. You get lots of flowers, right? Um, but my heart for you, brother, is that passion that you displayed so beautifully this morning, that the new church family that is receiving you, may their arms just open wide to you. And may this be... A, a transition unlike the one you made coming into Florida when nobody was here and we were in the midst of a pandemic. 
but that, Lord, would open the door for you as a family to a church that can receive you with open arms um, in person and in the flesh. But I will say on behalf of, of the conference, brother, we will miss you. Um, we will miss your gift and your ministry. But we know that you are going because God has called you, and we will always support that. Amen. And Alex, just know you always have a home here. We are your family. You are our family. At this time, I just want to ask us to gather as close as we can. I know we're living in weird times. But we want to gather around you as we have a special prayer of dedication and farewell. If we can just lay hands, if we could, on Alex and his family. I'll pray, and then uh, Pastor Schusler will also pray on behalf of the conference. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are here because, as we have heard throughout this day, your Spirit has brought us here. Whether it be through initially encountering Jesus and becoming a disciple, which has led us to this church family, this local, local part of your worldwide body, in your mission. And Lord, you have led us here. In specific, you've led Alex, Anisha, and Shanti here to us. Within that broad scope of mission, of that call, and Lord, we have been richly blessed, and we thank you for what you have done through them, for what you continue to do and will continue to do in their life and their ministry. We thank you for the richness that you have brought us in our lives through them, Lord, through, as, through the, the preaching and teaching, through the interaction, through the interpersonal relationships. And, and Father, you've gifted this family with, with a, a sense of calling, but not just that, a love for people. And we've all experienced that this past year. And Lord, we praise you for that as well. And that love will continue wherever they go. So Father, we pray ahead of them as you have led them here in your divine providence through your Spirit's leading. And now you are leading them to Sligo up in Maryland, knowing that this is your will, this is your plan. And so, Father, we accept that. But we send them in your blessing, in your grace, and in your, in your Spirit's filling. We pray that you would richly fill them and bless them. Use them in a mighty way. Bless Anisha as she is by Alex's side, continuing ministry. Bless Shanti as she is growing and as she'll be encountering a new church family. Lord, that you will just help her to grow in wisdom and stature, to know you. And Father, that, that they would just have a rich experience being close to family, growing up in an atmosphere where grandparents, aunts, uncles are there. We thank you for that extra that you have allowed to happen in this call. So, Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. We love you guys. We wanted to also remind you that there will be a luncheon. I know everyone wants to say bye to Pastor B, Anisha, and Shanti. Please stay after. There's food provided and you'll have a chance to say goodbye. There might not be a lot of hugs today, but at least we can do some elbow bumps, if that's the very least, and show our love to this awesome family as we send them away in God's love and grace. As a reminder, uh, there will be still a time for prayer up front. If you have a need for special prayer, our elders will be here to pray with you. So please stay by for just a few minutes if you have a special prayer need, and we'll have some elders up front here to pray with you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Sabbath.